The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio is, of course, Michael Swain of Fog.net, who did an outstanding job filling in his host last week. Fitz, I'm just happy you're alive and you made it back here and you weren't captured by the mob in Las Vegas. I, I did have some incidents, but that's a whole other show. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of our of the drive, you can listen to an audio-only version of that show. What am I saying, Michael? I'm totally lost. Appearing each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com at Fog.net. I'm back, but only sort of. We will start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Michael, help me. I think I'm looking at the right <clears throat> spot. Fits. Kansas State bounced back from its third loss, just like it did the first two, with a convincing victory. How did the Wildcats beat the Bears of Baylor 59-25? to Dude, it was ugly. It was ugly. And actually, you know, Baylor came out like they were ready to play. They scored on their first possession, and uh, K-State got the ball back and scored again. So they're at 14-7 on the second possession. Uh, they forced a fumble, and it was a scoop and score um, for Des Purnell out of Topeka. And at 21-7, then it all started to kind of unravel on the Bears. That they just can't put together enough good football to be effective in a game. And head coach Dave Aranda knows it. They were horribly overmatched by K-State. But I'm just impressed with how well K-State plays at home. They've scored more than 40 points in every home game this season. It's been really impressive how good they are at the bill. <clears throat> and the defense really picked it up this game. Even though you see the 25 points, uh, they really did pressure and, and do a good job against the Baylor offense that has a very good quarterback in Blake Shapin. I mean, he's just outstanding. But uh, there was two scores in this game by the K-State defense, a, a pick six later in the game, and the Baylor special teams muffed a, a snap on a punt. It led to another possession where the Cats hit the two. Um, and it was just really an impressive all-around performance for K-State. With the exception of the, the return units and coverage units for K-State, they still kind of struggle, which is an area uh, that they have to be worried about going forward with some of these opponents they're going to see. Um, but K-State played an outstanding game, and it was fueled by Will Howard, and we'll get to him in the second portion of this show. And Will threw three touchdown passes and set a new school record for uh, career touchdown passes in this game, and it uh, really shows his persistence. But they, they kind of pulled it all out. I mean, they eventually put Avery Johnson in, and and uh, Garrett Oakley, one of their young tight ends, who will take over for Ben Sennett in many ways next year, scored the final touchdown of the game 
59 points against a Big 12 opponent is impressive. It's not easy to do, and it just shows how potent this K-State offense can be when they get some help um, you know, from the defense and special teams. This team can really play some football, and they did on Saturday. Yeah, Fitz, the thing that impresses me most is the fact that I think throughout this season, right, K-State has not played with its food. When it's played inferior opponents, it has jumped out to early leads, pulled away, and kept it that way. And look, Baylor is not very good, but also, like you said, Fitz, putting up 59 points in a Big 12 game is really impressive. Yeah, they've just knocked out opponents at home and just moved on to the next week. Well, Kansas was without Jason Bean for three quarters on Saturday, and freshman walk-on Cole Ballard had to lead KU against Texas Tech. The Jayhawks lost 16-13 to on the last second field goal, but how disappointing was this loss for KU with the Sunflower Showdown, also known as the Abolition Bowl, looming next Saturday? I think we talk about that in a minute, okay. but I think it's really disappointing, and my vantage point, at least, it feels like a lot of the air has kind of been sucked out of the game this week with the quarterback position being unknown. And look, Cole Ballard, man, I can't say enough good things about him, right? He arrived at Kansas in June as a walk-on, and earned the third string role, beat out a scholarship player who's been on campus for a few years. And when Jason Bean went down, took Ballard some time to get back in the game. But in the second half, he made some good throws, made some good plays with his legs and had KU in a position to win this game. And look, I think for me, the most disappointing aspect of this is that you got the good game from the defense, right? You look at the slow start KU had as a team, giving the defense short fields to work with, that's really hard to manage. And they gave up 10 points on the first two drives. Well, between that and the last drive, they allowed 1.5 yards per play. Fits for the entire game, Texas Tech averaged four and a half yards per play. That's exactly what KU's defense did to Nevada and what they did to Missouri State. So all of a sudden you're looking at this contest and saying, well, KU at home limited an opposing team to 16 points, really limited what they could do offensively, and then you're looking at Kansas' offense and saying, what did you get? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, having your backup third-string quarterback technically be your backup on the day play, that's going to contribute to it. But I must say, Fitz, Cole Ballard's teammates did not help him out. Three drops from one player and then another play from Jared Casey where the ball was intercepted and taken from him. Um, Not great plays that could have helped change the tide of this game. And then you go to the final drive where KU ended up tying the game with the field goal and Devin Neal is asked to throw a pass. And it's just a weird play call in a weird moment and I don't agree with it. I think you've got to, your quarterback's got to need that point. Let Cole Ballard make a play or run an actual play. And then obviously in the end, the defense collapses. And now you're looking at a team that is banged up. You don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. And they're playing a K-State team that is firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I First of all, I thought Ballard played outstanding considering the circumstances. Mm-hmm. That was really impressive. To get to your third quarterback and still be competitive in this conference, it says a lot about coaching. Mm-hmm. But also, what was up with that last play call? I, I, yeah, put the ball in Devin Neal's hands, but not to throw it. I, I didn't get it at all, and um, but credit Texas Tech. That mm-hmm. was getting down the field in a hurry to get that last field goal up. Um, it was a great Big 12 game. KU just they're running out of quarterbacks. You can't run out of that. you got to yeah. have those. Not in this conference. Not <clears throat> nope. in this conference. Well, thanks to Oklahoma State's loss at UCF, the race to the Big 12 championship game has become kind of confusing. So, Fitz, what is the most likely scenario here? 
Well, if you're in the Big 12 office, you are desperately hoping that it's just a head-to-head tie for second. That, you know, maybe Texas wins out, which they should, and then you've got two teams with two losses and maybe they played each other. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is you have a multiple team as three or more in that tie and the tiebreakers get a lot more confusing because not everyone will have played everyone. So if we're reading the rules right, the tiebreaker guidelines, if all three teams haven't played each other, you throw out the round robin, you eventually end up with common opponents um, amongst all three as the deciding factor. And I don't quite understand that because we're looking at an opportunity here where Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and Kansas State potentially could be tied. And Oklahoma State beat both two. But according to the rules, it doesn't sound like Oklahoma State would be in automatically because Kansas State didn't play Oklahoma. We're going to hopefully get some clarification from the Big 12 on that on Monday. Uh, But this conference is chaotic because UCF didn't just beat Oklahoma State. They annihilated the Cowboys. They absolutely destroyed them, Michael. Can you explain that to me? How the team with the best running back in the Big 12, who did get hurt, went up against the worst rushing defense, and they lost, I don't know, 706-3, dressed in blue because they were the Citronauts. It was just a weird day. They changed their colors, they changed their mascot, they changed their identity, and they beat the snot out of one of the best teams in the conference. Yeah, and look, Fitz, I think you're spot on with your assessment of Oklahoma State, right? Oklahoma State without Ollie Gordon is a bottom third of the team conference, and they lost to one of the bottom third teams in the conference on the road. So I think this result makes sense, but I think you're spot on. It makes zero sense that a team like Oklahoma State that went healthy, right, beat Oklahoma, beat Kansas State, and if they're tied with those two, like it makes zero sense, zero logic that Oklahoma State would not be the team playing for the Big 12 title. And I think the Big 12 should get this right. It's not hard to get this right, but a part of me is also a little skeptical they'll do it. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not a fan of changing rules midstream either, Mm -hmm. but you need to be fair. With all that said, I I think Oklahoma State's going to lose again without without their running back. And Oklahoma is going to have most tiebreakers because they beat Texas. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, last week's question was, who had the most disappointing loss? Oklahoma losing to Oklahoma State got 52% of the vote. Kansas State losing on the road to Texas got 42% of the vote. And Iowa State losing at home to Kansas got 6% of the vote. Uh, You know what I learned from that poll, Michael, is nobody's disappointed when Iowa State loses. Here we go. Here's this week's question. Which Big 12 coach has had the most disappointing season? We like to delve into disappointment here. Here's your choices. A, Dave Aranda. Ooh, disappointing. B, Sonny Dyke. Disappointing. C, Gus Malzahn. Less disappointing than last week. And D, Scott Satterfield. Disappointing higher, and he's been disappointing. Mm. Make sure you vote on your Twitter page and ignore my commentary. It's at the Drive 13. That will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. We're back and we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. All right, Fitz, Will Howard threw three touchdown passes on Saturday, becoming K-State's career leader in touchdown passes. How will Wildcat fans remember Will Howard? It's been an interesting journey for Will. He came in as a true freshman out of Pennsylvania, not Big 12 ready, and yet uh, because of the change of the coaching staff and, and everything going on, um, you know the, the depth hadn't been built up, and here the COVID year pops up, and he's thrown right into duty um, under Skylar Thompson, who gets hurt. And, you know, Will had to play a bunch in the COVID year and looked good at the start and slowly unraveled. But he had eight touchdown passes that season, and that has come into play pretty big now. But, you know, he backed up Skylar Thompson and, and uh, continued to see time because Skylar was injured. Then last year, uh, Adrian Martinez comes in and takes that starting job. And then he gets injured and Will comes in and plays brilliant football for most of last year and gets them to the Big 12 title game where they win. <clears throat> and he was simply incredible. You move into this year and he was having a pretty good season, but he hadn't played quite like he needed to play or wanted to play. And then he goes to Oklahoma State and really struggles. The entire team did. He had three interceptions. And then Avery Johnson shows up at Texas Tech the next week and runs for five touchdowns. And I'm telling you, right there, everything changed because the fans were ready to move on to Avery Johnson because he's going to be a brilliant quarterback, but he's still a true freshman. Will Howard saw that, and Will Howard fed into that and started lighting it up. He has thrown for 12 touchdowns with one interception since uh, that debacle at Oklahoma State. And that one interception was last week against, or two weeks ago against Texas, and that was a bobbled weird ball that bounced around and ended up intercepted that really wasn't his fault it's pretty cool that he's now the career touchdown pass leader in k-state football history passing josh freeman but also he's closing in on the single season touchdown passing record held by l roberson he is at 21 l's record is 24 and with two full games to play he stays on the score, still on that record, too. Pretty cool for a guy a lot of fans don't want to be a quarterback. It's it's an interesting situation. 100%, right? I think you nailed the fits. You got to give credit to him. Not yeah. letting outside noise get to him, worry him, you know, make him less confident. Like, you watch him play, and, man, he looks really, really good every single game. Yep. The, the lesson is you can't control everything outside mm. of the, the outside factors, but you can control you and how you handle things, and these handle things brilliantly. Well, Jason Bean's status for Saturday's Sunflower Showdown is up in the air. If Colt Ballard has to start, does KU stand a chance against K-State? Michael, walk us through a path to victory for KU. Well, uh, a 1% chance is still a chance, Fitz. Um, I, it would be very unlikely. Look, Jason Bean, according to Lance Leipold, suffered a head injury on Saturday. And so I think if you know anything about concussions and the trend in the NFL this year, at least no player has suffered a concussion and played the next week. I don't know if Jason Bean has a concussion, but a head injury is something that is going to be very hard to come back six days later. So this week it's going to be a question of, okay, is Cole Bowd the guy? And KU practice on Sunday, which means Cole Ballard probably got the snaps, and they'll practice again on Tuesday and Wednesday. 
um, as their big practice days. And so it's going to be about building a game plan for Cole Ballard. What does that look like? Well, he doesn't necessarily have the strongest arm right now, but I think he showed some good touch on passes. And for me, I looked at Kansas State defensively and what they do. They do a really good job of creating pressure, right? If you watch K-State week in and week out, they blitz a lot. They are able to get quarterbacks off their rhythm. So the question is, how does Andy Kolnicki get Cole Ballard into a position where that doesn't happen? I think it's a lot of quick passes. I think getting the running game going is going to be massive. We saw the difference between Jason Bean against Texas when he didn't have a week of prep and then again, you know, against UCF or Oklahoma or Iowa State, a different player. And so I think giving Cole Ballard a week of practice reps, maybe there's a way to get a game plan offensively, or maybe you are able to hit K-State for some big plays. I'm still not super convinced by K-State secondary. I think K's wide receivers against that secondary will be a really important matchup for this game on Saturday. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball for KU you got to force Will Howard into mistakes. And it's kind of the unstoppable force meets an immovable object, right? Like you mentioned, Fitz, Will Howard has one interception in his last few games. Well, KU has forced eight turnovers at home in their five games this season. They've done a very good job of taking the ball away from the opposition. This is the type of game where if Cole Ballard is starting, Kansas needs at least two turnovers and to be able to run the ball and keep the K-State offense off the field. So there's a path to victory fits, but as I just covered in the last two minutes, a lot has to go right for KU to be in this game down the stretch. Well, the good news for KU is they've got a pair of really good running backs and an mm-hmm. offensive line that has found itself. So uh, you can line up and try to play smash mouth, and once K-State tries to take that away, you hope you hit it over the top. But there was that what, second and long call that we all expected a pass, and then Devin Neal, I think it was Neal, uh, just took off through the yeah. Texas Tech defense. It was a brilliant call. And, and that's exactly the advantage a good offensive coordinator can give you. And now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz, let's go down south to Texas. Jimbo Fisher was fired by Texas A&M on Sunday morning, and he's owed a buyout of over $70 million. I'll say this to start, I'd love to be paid $70 million not to work. If someone wants to do that, I'm your man. Yep. But Fitz, how ridiculous are these buyout numbers getting? Uh, it's, it's absurd. And here's the problem. We have uh, too many athletics directors in college athletics who aren't seeing this as a business. Mm. And a major athletic department at the Power Five level is a big business. We're talking about budgets in excess of $100 million. And at A&M, it's probably closer to $200 million. But that contract from day one was a bad business move for Texas A&M. They paid the guy way too much. They could have found an equivalent coach for less. And now, because it didn't work, they're forever in a deficit that, I'm sorry, not even the SEC money can dig you out of. It's absurd. And anyone connected to offering and approving that contract should also be fired because it was reckless and careless and not looking out for the best interest of the business, which in this case was Texas A&M Athletics. It was just flippant, right? It's a, oh, this guy has competed at the highest level. He hasn't really done it recently at Florida State, so let's go get him and pay him a lot. Like, what about the past three years before Jimbo Fisher left Florida State told you that this was the right guy? So I agree. I'm fascinated to see who they hire. I saw Chris Kleiman got floated as a name. Yeah, I can guarantee you that one's not happening. No one wants that NIL miss Jimbo, Jimbo's created down there, and it's a mess. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is, is this the year Kansas finally beats Kansas State? John and Lawrence wants to know. Uh, uh, Porta Potty in Lawrence wants to know. <laughs> 
Um, what well, do you think? I, I was all look. I I love Jalen Daniels. I think yeah. he's a great quarterback. Then Jason Bean has started to play really good football. This is so unfortunate because finally we were going to have a really competitive game. Not that I'm saying this one won't be, but the chances are much lower. It's just it stinks. I wanted this to be a really good game. I wanted K State to win. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted this to be the game it should be. Yeah, in terms of like even contests, right? Things were trending in the direction of Jason Bean starting. Both teams are healthy enough, right? KU's got some injuries they're dealing with, but like now that you're asking a freshman walk-on to play against K-State, like that's hard. And so I don't think this is the year. I think we're getting that point now, Fitz, though, where I think year in and year out, this will be a very competitive game. The longer Lance Leipold stays, the more secure that program Mm -hmm. is. I loved his post-game comments that we're maybe skipping some steps and he'll get that foundation in place. Totally. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now let's take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites, meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page, at The Drive 13. Here are last week's results. We were all below average. And of course I wasn't here, so that's Katie's fault, not my fault. I'm, I'm better than that. Right, Michael? Thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's move on to this week's picks. And we start, of course, with the Abolition Bowl. Uh, can't, I'm going to keep trying, man. Kansas versus Kansas State. As we record this, KSU's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. It's way too low mm. uh, for a third-string quarterback against yeah. K-State. Where well, I'm picking K-State, of course. Yeah, I'll take him, too. Yeah. Um, let's go to the most disappointing bowl, which is Baylor at TCU. <laughs> we got TCU as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll go with the Horn Frogs. I just saw Baylor play a road game. There's no way I'm picking Baylor. No, there's no spread I'm taking Baylor. I'll go with the Horn Frogs, too. So we're agreeing on the first two, and our last game of the week is Texas and Iowa State. Mm. The best game in the conference this week. Texas is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at night in Ames. I'll still take Texas. I'll take Iowa State. I think they let the grass grow pretty long over the last week and a half or two. That's a good move. That's good. That's And the bridge looks fantastic. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start with Michael Swain of Fog.net. Fitz, I'll keep this one quick. A little salute to David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium. One more home game at the uh, rundown stadium that I think a lot of Kansas fans are very excited to have new renovations. One more home game. I think one of my favorite memories is of last year when Kansas attained bowl eligibility for the first time in over a decade tore down the goalposts and in Potter Lake. I think the new stadium might be a little harder to get goalposts out of, but I think David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, excited to see what it looks like when it's newly renovated in 2025. 
Stronger goalposts. That's always good for the next edition. Hey, Kansas State basketball's got a really interesting week. They play a really good at South Dakota State team on Monday night against in Bramage Coliseum. Then they go to the Bahamas for two challenging games on Friday and Sunday. Wildcats haven't looked great. They have improved a little bit, but they've got a long ways to go. They will get there. I'm just not sure it'll be this week. And Naquan Tomlin, maybe he's nearing a return. We will see. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.